<laughs> it took me a while you to... have <laughs> she just moved for a long time it sounds like you're able to connect with them on like multiple levels because of i try yeah your own experiences friends. My name is Jasmine Aomi. I am host of the Solely Human podcast. I am a clinical therapist here in Southern California. And here on Solely Human, we talk about our shared and learned human experiences. But we also talk about our soul and how our soul is what connects us to ourselves, each other and the universe around us. So I am so excited because I have a special guest. I have a family member on tonight. <laughs> uh, Belle is my cousin. Belle's going to talk to us about some pretty cool things. So I'm so excited that you're here. Yay, me too. So Belle, without telling us your job yet, mm-hmm. how would you introduce yourself? Who is Belle? <gasps> I would say I am I'm Belle. I love helping people. I'm a fixer. So mm. if there's anything that's going on, I'm I want to fix things. <laughs> You're a problem solver. I'm a problem solver. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So. so and everyone that's been on the podcast up to up to this point is a healer in one way or another. Mm-hmm all people that like to help other people. Mm-hmm. So now tell us uh, what it is you do for work. How do you help others? So I am a registered dietitian, but I specialize in bariatrics. Okay. So the bariatric population are those patients who are have a high BMI, they're in the obese category, and they're looking to get weight loss surgery. Okay. So... I basically, I assess them. We get referrals. I assess them. I kind of guide them throughout their process. Mm-hmm. It's with our program, it's about a six-month process. So I do the assessments, get all their information, and then I kind of just help guide them towards that, um, you know, to Your have journey. their journey. Yeah, as far as habits that they're going to have to start working on. Okay. That's, It's a big change for a lot of them. Um, A lot of them come to us because they have all these health problems. And so the surgery is a really great tool to help reverse a lot of that. Okay. Yeah. So they come to you knowing that they're going to be receiving the surgery. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Yes. And then you do the initial assessment. I do. Yes. And then you're with them through that process? Throughout the whole process. Wow. Yes. yes. You guys must get really close. Because <laughs> that's do. just like, it sounds like such a life-changing thing. Mm-hmm. So what's the longest that you've had a client? So I've been there with this program. I've been there, been there for about a year. So I have been able to see a lot of people start their journey. So okay. their doctors will say, hey, I think you would qualify for this. Um, I also have patients that come to me looking for, you know, weight loss medications and they're really not, they don't even know about surgery. And Mm -hmm. so we kind of assess them and our team, because we also have a nurse practitioner that works with us. So she'll be like, you know what, I think that medications aren't the answer. Let's do surgery. Mm -hmm. So then that kind of goes from them wanting to just get nutritional help to, hey, let's try this other route. Um, So I have patients that I've been with this entire time since I started. 
And then I have patients that are coming back to us that have been had surgery like three years or three years post-op, mm-hmm. but they saw like the previous dietitians that were okay. there. So um, it's kind of cool to see both sides of that spectrum. Yeah. Their whole process. Right. I was going to say mm-hmm. the few times, it's been very few, but the few st- few times I've had a client in therapy that I did an assessment for and then got to discharge, mm-hmm. not a lot. Uh, so it's mm-hmm. it's always pretty cool. It's pretty special. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. I get to see them when they start. And then I love to get all those baselines, you know, mm-hmm. and then just seeing them towards like today, this morning, I had patients that um, started with us about a, eight months ago, got surgery yesterday. So I went to check in then on today and there's already like a huge change. So it's really cool. And then I get to see them in like six weeks and that'll be okay. cool to see that. Okay. That progress. I feel like, so typically if they're considered um, in the bariatric category, Mm -hmm. then they've probably had worked with like weight issues for a long time, right? Mm -hmm. So when they come to you, I would imagine that it's not a super easy thing to like Mm -hmm. explore and kind of tackle and work on with you. Mm -hmm. So. How do you approach that? Because I feel like that's such a personal, intimate thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Most of the time, especially during my assessment, I'll be like, okay, um, have you always struggled with your weight? Because also what we provide is um, we have access to sending them these genetic testing kits because now we're seeing there's a genetic component to the whole, you know, obese um, um, situations. And so... Um, I'll assess them for that. And like, have you always struggled? Was it more so as an adult? So I do see a lot of patients that just kind of grow up in that environment to where that is, they're genetically predisposed to that. And then it doesn't help, you know, just with like environmental situations and things like that. Um, So I do see a lot of that. I see a lot of patients who struggle as adults and they've had some type of trauma. Mm. whether it be physical abuse or, you know, emotional, mental. And so um, a lot of their coping skills, just they just turn to food, right? So mm-hmm. um, I do have a history with mental health. And so just being able to kind of use that and bring it into, you know, my job now. And then I struggled also too with an eating disorder as a teenager. So mm-hmm. Kind of knowing, you know, and I kind of see the signs, especially when they're telling me these, like, oh, well, I used to do this. I see them like, okay. Mm-hmm. So I try to stay within my scope. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's really hard for me because, again, I'm a fixer and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, let me just love up on you. And right, just, right, right. You know, I feel you. I feel your yeah. pain. Um, I think that kind of helps me connect a lot with them. Okay. So it is cool to see and it kind of that fills my cup when I see them. Um, even like halfway through the process, like they know they can call me. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that I've always been like, okay, you know, whenever, whatever I do in my profession, I want to be able to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, because I do hear a lot of, okay, well, my doctor basically dismissed me or did not listen to me, or they mm-hmm. did send me to a nutritionist, but they were like, okay, you just got to eat better and do this. And here's a plan and that's it, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm like, 
fix the problem again. I know I have to stay right. with my scope, but if I can kind of listen, because a lot of them are just like, you know what? Thank you. I'm glad you listened. Like you're the first provider I've had that's just listened. Mm. And so that kind of, you know, and it helps. And then it helps motivate them. And I'm always like, hey, I'm your cheerleader. So if you're struggling. Yeah. Let yeah. me know. Call me. Um so every day, every morning, I have emails from patients like, hey, what vitamins do I take? Or, hey, am I doing this right? Um, and I don't, it's fine. I can send a quick email, not a problem. Yeah. Um, people call me all the time every day. I'm like, give me some time. I'll get back to you because I'm busy all day long. Uh-huh, but, uh-huh. yeah, it's it's cool to build that. And that, again, that fills my cut because I feel like I'm actually helping when they tell me like, hey, you know. Yeah. And I have those that are like, well, you weren't helpful at all because they just want me to prescribe a medication. I don't do that. I'm sorry. I can't help you. Okay. So, yeah, but it's, yeah, I love it. I love the, it. The, so I know you mentioned briefly, like, uh, you see the mental health in it. So mm-hmm. if you can, could you tell us what your background is in mental health and then what are some of like the connections that you see in the patient that you work with and mental health? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So before this, um, I've always been in school. <laughs> it took me a while. You to- have. <laughs> she just moved for a long time. When we went to her graduation, I think I shed a tear for you. I said she is done finally. <laughs> I'm like, what's next? Right, right. My husband's like, we're done, right? We're done. I'm like, I don't know. I might want a doctorate. (laughs) So I have a master's. I I just, and it's weird because I, you know, I never just, when I first started out school, it was just all about like having fun and stuff. I finally took it serious at some Mm -hmm. point, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what's taken me so long to get here. (laughs) But um, yeah, so I've worked quite a bit different things. Um, how I ended up in, as a case manager is uh, I started out from the bottom, basically, because I've, I've just been in school working, working to try to get here. Mm-hmm. Um, but my son's on the spectrum, so there is this program called the Wraparound Program. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I started out as a parent partner. So for that position... I didn't know that. Yes. For that, that position, so cool. yeah, you have to have experience, whether with foster kids or have your own kids with disabilities. And so that kind of got me into that program. I worked my way up. As soon as I got my master's, I started working for a company out in Rancho uh, South Coast Community Services. Loved it there. Absolutely loved it. Ended up being a facilitator because I got my master's. So then so it's case managing, working with tons of um, foster kids and, you know, that whole, just starting that job, like I would cry all the time because I'm like, oh, you know, yeah. just hear all these cases I would see, yeah. you know, have to do CPS reports and just, I connected so much with those kids. So um, that kind of, you know, just getting, it's just so little too. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, you get these kids who are diagnosed with ADHD or schizophrenia or, you know, just so, yeah, I got to see a lot, a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was blessed to be able to do my schooling, finish my master's and um, get my internship hours at the same time. I don't know how That's I did it. I'm thinking wild. about it now. I had a couple breakdowns. 
But I'm sure. It was fine. <laughs> sure. It was fine. Um, and yeah, so, you know, good thing is I had those coping skills myself. Right. Um, to be able to kind of get through that. But um, yeah, that's kind of where, you know, I got everything. And then um, growing up, so I was um, diagnosed, I, has, I have anxiety. I still mm-hmm. struggle with that. Mm-hmm. I'm still on medication, actually, for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, at some point, tried to wean myself off, and I did. But, you know, with school and everything, I, I get a lot of panic attacks. So... I know what they are now. Before mm-hmm. I didn't, mm-hmm. I thought I was having heart attacks a you lot. You feel like you're dying. You feel like you're you dying. You really think you're going to die. And it just comes on out of nowhere. Yeah. So till this day, I'll still have some. Um, years ago, my doctor was like, oh, it's genetic because my dad has, mm-hmm. you know, depression, anxiety. My grandma suffers from severe anxiety. Um, and so, yeah, I remember, I think I was, 18 and I had my first panic attack and I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's all that. I struggled with that. I deal with it in my own way. So I'm constantly either running or mm-hmm. <laughs> spin. <laughs> or psych, right. Just, just working now. That's like my, my coping skill to keep mm-hmm. me sane. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And then I had also, like I mentioned, an eating disorder when I was younger, it started with my mom, and as an adult now, I'm, like, pinpointing all these things just from me working with my patients and seeing, I'm, like, oh, I remember, okay, and then now I'm, like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know she had a lot of her own insecurities. Mm-hmm. Back then, we dealt with a lot of, we had a lot of trauma, a lot of stress, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know, it's just... It's weird to think about it, like mm-hmm. how that just kind of like went on to me. And then like I created yeah. all of this. So I always knew I wanted to do something with nutrition because kind of like engraved in my brain. Yeah. But now I'm noticing that wasn't really healthy how that was being portrayed to me, you know, mm-hmm. at that mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Well, because you, it isn't until like later. I feel like as adults, we're able to look back right. and make a bunch of connections. Uh-huh. We're still here in the present, <laughs> stuck with whatever it is, you know. And we find our ways to work through those things. But it's like you're able to make connections. Yeah. And I think uh, that's a wild experience mm-hmm. because then you're you have a lot of understanding. But it's like whatever pain or anger or sadness or frustration, you know, for teenage self or for little self, it's still there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I remember when I was working um, my past job, my supervisor, I loved her so mm-hmm. much. She was just like the best. Um, this is at South Coast? South Coast, yes. Okay, side note, the yes. last guest that we had on here, she's currently a clinical therapist at South Coast. Oh. She's a mental health clinician. We went to school together. Awesome. I know. So oh you said gosh. that and I was like, whoa, yeah. in, in Rancho. So that's funny. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. She, she probably knows like it's my possible. people. Yeah. She probably knows my people. That I still keep in contact with them. That's cool. But yeah, so because they knew that I was working on becoming a dietitian, they gave me a lot of cases with kids with eating disorders. Mm. And then I remember she sat down with me during one of our supervisions. She's like, I should have asked you this, but 
are you being triggered at all by this case? Like, I know a little bit about your background. And I'm like, you know what? In the beginning, yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it's okay. Like, I, I, it's kind of helping me kind of work through some things, yeah. which I didn't really realize, yeah. which is crazy. So yeah. um, I absolutely loved this girl. And, like, all my kids, I called them my babies. I'm like, oh, yeah. my baby. Yeah. She was a teenager. She was in and out of Loma Linda a lot. Um, but there I was there with her, you know, because you drive out to see them. And um, she actually just graduated from our – she was with our program forever. And she just graduated um, a couple months ago. And she asked for me to be at her graduation. I was like, oh, oh my god, oh, baby cry. I was like, oh, my yeah. God, my baby. Yeah. So um, her current case manager FaceTimed me in because I was at work. So I was like – I was so proud of you. She's doing amazing. And so it really took a, a wow. team to kind of get her there. But yeah. again, that's like the best part. Like I get to see the beginning and I get to suffer with them. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah, you mm-hmm. know, so. How did you, so how did you do that? Like in, so you said there was a moment where in the beginning, yeah, it was triggering. And mm-hmm. then it was kind of like also helping you work through things. Yeah. So how did you navigate that? Because then you also got a lot going on too. So oh, yeah. it's like, wh- how did you internally move through that? So I say that I have my people for everything. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I have them too, a friend I, for a designated. For everything, <laughs> everything. I have my friend who will keep it real with me mm-hmm. and I need that tough love. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have that friend that's like, all right, like, you can go fight. Or let's go fight, right? Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. I'm that friend for everybody. But yeah. <laughs> like, let's go. Let's go. I got you. Um, and then I have those friends that I just want to, like, talk to. And, like, we can actually talk. And, like, they'll make me laugh. And, you know, so I have someone for everybody, for everybody, for every, every, everything. So just using my resource, my natural support. Yes, right? your natural for support. For everything. My supervisor, my I had an amazing team there at South Coast. Like my our pod, like, and we still keep in touch. We have a group text. Like that's so cool. That's what I do miss is I, I yeah. miss them. I love my people now, but it's different. I'm kind of like on my. It's kind of weird. I'm like on my own, but I'm not mm-hmm. almost. Um, it's a different team. It's you're a doing. Different I feel team. like in thinking about mental health and thinking about what you're yeah. doing now, how you're teaming together is different, different. I'm sure. It's different. Like, yeah. So it's basically just myself, our nurse practitioner, and my um, our registered nurse that works there. Okay. Yes. And I love them. And we're a good team. But technically, I am – how do I say it? I'm I'm with the dietitians. I'm part of the hospital. It's a different company, and then they're a separate company. Okay. So a lot of times it's I don't know how to explain it. It's just it's it's different. It's just different. it's different. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's cool that you still yeah. keep in touch. So yeah. you were a parent partner and a case manager, or a parent partner for the time so you was were there. A parent, so I started off with a company called Oak Grove okay. Center mm-hmm. in Marietta. Um, I started out as a parent partner there. Um, they had a desert pod, which I was part of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I worked as a parent partner for maybe two, three years. And then I, I was like, I want to move up. Like yeah. I'm ready. So they went ahead and promoted me to like a case manager. So like mm-hmm. facilitator. Um, and then I was there and then I ended up just moving on because 
you know, mm-hmm. just wanted better opportunities. And so that's when I ended up at South Coast. And okay. I had just gotten my master's. Um, it was December 2018. And then I, I started with them like in January. So mm-hmm. it was really cool to like transition up. So, that is cool. Yeah. For those that don't know, wraparound services is like an intensive team that comes into a home to work with a youth and the team members, there's usually a parent partner, there's mm-hmm. a clinical therapist, mm-hmm. there's a case manager, behavioral therapist. Behavioral therapist. There mm-hmm. one more? You, sometimes there's a psychiatrist sometimes on staff. Sometimes psychiatrists. You do work with a lot. And then you work with the social workers mm-hmm. from the county, work with... Um, yeah, other providers too. Just whatever the kid needs at that time. Like we worked with a dietitian with mm-hmm. that one case I had. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So and wrap. So you guys all know right now. I'm a clinician in a group home. When our kids transfer, or usually when they make it and they step down to into a foster home, mm-hmm. some of the times we're waiting for a wraparound team right to to mm-hmm. take over before we drop services because. Wraparound, it's like a high needs. It's um, yes, high level Intense. need. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And so it would kind of be like group home, wrap services. Mm-hmm. Higher than that is just like an inpatient facility. Yeah. So I say that to say that if you have a wrap team, your kiddo's going through it, you know? Oh, yeah. So they need help in school. They need help with friends, with yep. their family at home. Usually the I'm parents sure. are like going crazy, mm-hmm. bio or foster, especially foster parents, oh, I feel like. Oh, yes. They're like, I don't know if I can handle this kid. I've met quite a few mm-hmm. that I've had to talk down from a ledge. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they're Same. like, what do I do? Same. Yeah. But I just remember the times that we had a parent like a good parent partner on the team made such a difference. Oh, yeah. Like crucial because you having your own life experiences, not only with just your mental health, but also with David and having to work through that system because it is a system. It's a system. And it's difficult. And so – the times when we had a parent partner, it's just next level because they have done it and they understand. Oh yeah. And as a therapist, I can say I don't, I can't understand how much, how difficult this must be, and I can empathize and I can validate. Mm-hmm. But nothing hits like when someone's done it, you know. Oh yeah. And so I was always so thankful because we didn't always have certain team members, you know. So the times that we had a parent partner, it was just like always really great because then it's an additional support Oh yeah, that isn't a therapist, that isn't a social worker. It's someone that's done it, you know? Oh, yeah. No. And if you have like a really good one. Yeah. Like, like I still have some that, that work at. I'm like, oh, I love them. Like they yeah. would just come in and just be like, no, mm-hmm. look. Like, and then some parents needed that. Like, I need you to, they, they would just tell it like it is like, look. You're the problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're the problem. Let's yep. just, we just got to tweet. And yeah. So, and then there's a way about it, right? You don't mm-hmm. just come in and be like, nope, you're the problem. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And so. I tell, like, when I meet people that are in school and stuff, I'll tell them that if you're working with kids, you're working heavily with parents. With parents. Because believe it or not, no one told me that. Should I have assumed? Maybe. Did I? No. Girl, <laughs> So yes. it's kind of, it is so stressful because yeah. it's like, I can hang out and work with this this kid all day. Oh, yeah. But if 
parents and I are not on the same page, it's for what, you know? Exactly. And they're in the home with you. You got to be doing these things. But so yes. often it's never, it's never that. You oh, know? no. And it's like you have grown adults that have already like stepped into their beliefs and their values uh, yeah. and their yes. behaviors, their own yes. behaviors, you know? So uh, just know if you're excited <laughs> about working with kids because it's cute and fun and Even creative. As a teacher, because my best friend is a teacher, she's like, I'm done with this. Like, mm. You deal with the parents. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yep. So not yep. to say parents are crazy because I'm a parent. I know I'm a crazy parent, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, tough. It's, I can't say I'm not a parent. And I, <laughs> some of you guys are great. Some of you guys are driving me crazy. But it's just this thing of like, I can understand how when you have someone telling you to do something different yeah. for your kid, I, yeah. can, I, can, I can understand how. It's almost how, like, um, don't tell me how to raise my kid. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So right. a lot of the times yeah. it was like, <clears throat> we can just understand that we all want to help your kid. <laughs> We're on the same team, I promise. You got to put your therap therapist voice on. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, girl. So uh, just know that in case you're thinking about it. It is super fun, super worth it, but just know that's a huge component in it. A lot. Yeah. 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 So your patients now, mm -hmm. it sounds like you're able to connect with them on like multiple levels because of I try, yeah. your own experiences in eating disorders, your own experience with mental health and kind of just what that journey looks like. Uh, how has it been, you know, getting to this place that you really wanted to be at? Mm, uh, it's weird. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I'm here. Like, you're here. Now what? You know, mm -hmm. my husband's mm -hmm. like, we're done. Mm -hmm. We're done, right? I'm like, I don't know, but no, I, I can't. I'm tired. <laughs> I was like, should I go back? Should I get my doctorate? I really don't need it for right. what I'm doing because I already have a master's. Right. Um, and there's a shortage with dietitians. Like, mm. I'm always getting job listings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, always. And so there's, there's a huge shortage. So mm -hmm. I'm like, I think I'm okay. I think I'm good, you know? I think it was just that need to kind of prove to myself, like, you can do hard things. Like, yes. let's, let's do it. Let's, yes. You know. And you did it. Uh, it's weird. It doesn't, it feels <laughs> weird. Like, it still feels kind of like, uh, this is weird. Like, I was telling you earlier, like, I have interns now. Like, uh -huh. that's crazy. And they're, uh -huh. like, looking up to me to, like, you know. And I'm like, I actually know what I'm talking about. This yeah. is weird. So, so it kind of, I mean, maybe this isn't the same thing, but do you ever experience like the imposter syndrome? Oh, yeah, all the time. Okay. All the time. Same. Yeah. Same. It's crazy. It's like, okay, things are good. Is something bad going to happen? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like this is weird because like forever, like I just was like, what am I going to get there? Mm -hmm. And I remember because I've only had my license for about a year, but like last year, I was just like, oh, I can't wait to be at that point where I don't have to come home and just study, study, study. Like I can be like official, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, and be like, yeah, yeah, I am a registered dietitian, you know. She had a patient ask me that today. Okay. He was like, because there are so many, and I know you see this too, as a therapist, you see these people that are, and nothing wrong with it, right, being um, – what are they? Okay, so for me, it would be like these nutritionists, right? Mm -hmm. But that have certificates. 
because there's all uh, these programs or you can be like a um, health coach, mm-hmm. you know. Uh-huh, uh-huh, I understand. But it's certificates. Yes. So um, I think he was just making sure I was official. Mm-hmm. So again, nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, we do go to school forever and ever and ever to try right. to like be official. <laughs> right, yeah. So yeah, he was like, well, what? Because he was kind of hesitant, like, okay, you're giving me these recommendations. Uh-huh. Um are you a are you a nutritionist? Are you a dietitian? I'm like, no, I'm a registered dietitian. He's like, oh, okay, okay. Mm. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, because you are putting a lot of trust in you know yeah. what it is you're saying, you know. Yeah. And I've had I've had people even ask me like, are you licensed? And I'll tell them I'm not. I'll tell them, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell them I am pre-licensed, which allows me to provide therapy. I have a supervisor. Right. I'm like three years in, but I'm not a licensed clinical social worker. Yeah. You know, because yeah. it's like. That registration, that licensure, it's different, you yeah. know? And so with that, with such a big part of your life, I, I don't blame him for asking, you know? Yeah, yeah. He was, he was cute. It was funny. But yeah, so it's, I don't remember what the question was, but yeah. I don't either, but I know that there I, was like, a... <laughs> my squirrel. No, I just, you know. <laughs> there was a, there was, I was, oh, I don't remember what the initial question is, but I think I think we both answered. I think you talked about it. But Absolutely. the second part was um, t- talk to me about like the connections between the mental health and mm-hmm. your clients and mm-hmm. how, what that looks like, how you help them navigate that. Yeah. So I have like during their assessment, like I said, a lot of them are – There's just a lot. Okay, so I have a lot of patients that do have, like, schizophrenia, bipolar. Those are the ones I kind of worry about a little bit Mm -hmm. um, because I've experienced them in person, and they'll have – sometimes we'll have episodes, and I'm like, okay, are you going to be okay after surgery? Because the surgery is – you really need to make sure that they're making these changes because if not, they can get sick. Mm -hmm like very sick, um, end up in the hospital, which I've had a few because, again, they're not they're not changing mentally how their relationship with food, um, you know, and then just doing the things just because they're like, well, mm-hmm. food makes me happy. Let mm-hmm. me go have some food. Mm-hmm. Um, sugar, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but physically, you can't do that because you will make yourself very sick. Okay. So I do have a lot of patients that, when they come in and I'm getting their history, um, usually they're okay. They're managed. They have like their psych team that works with them. They do need to be cleared by psych. So we do refer them to different psychs to have an evaluation before. So they have to pass multiple okay. assessments, tests, assessments, yeah. evaluations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm initially the first one. So I'm like the gatekeeper. So I'm okay. like, all right. Okay, looks like you're okay. See you for three months consistently. Okay, we're good. Um, They usually have them see the psych after their second or third visit with me. Mm -hmm. The psych will usually, and from what I've been hearing, because it's always someone different, Uh they usually ask them, well, what have you been working on? Are you prepared for this mentally? Or do you think you'll be okay? And we've had a few that just don't pass the psych. Mm. And I'm like, "Mm, I could see that coming just from my interactions with them. Mm for example, I have someone who um, had a lot of trauma, a lot of trauma, like lost lost a kid, lost um, a parent, lost a sister, like all in the same couple months. 
um, was like raped, you know, it, mm. and again, I'm not, I know, a HIPAA, I'm not saying any names, but a lot of this no, is from this is a certain... lot of people that yeah. I hear a lot of this stuff happens to. Yeah. And so for this person, becoming a bigger person to kind of scare away people was kind of like mm. a defense mechanism. But also that affected this person mentally because this person was having like these meltdowns and then would go over to a different personality and then would be okay. And then, yeah, in my initial visit with this person, um, this person just like shut me down midway through my assessment. and was like, this is too much information. And I don't try to get overwhelmed because I know everyone has different learning styles. So I prefer to have them in person for me to do my evaluations. Um, I do a lot of online classes um, if they prefer like a group setting. So I do that as well. But I prefer everyone in person because I can kind of get to know them and gauge them better. Way better. Yeah. And yeah. if they need visuals, I have tons of visuals. Mm-hmm. I have tons of examples of things. I give handouts. Yeah. So, but this person was like, no, this is too much information. I'm like, Okay, but I was literally just going to give you three goals. I always give three simple goals to work on every single person based on whatever their current needs are. I'm like, this is what we're going to work on um, for that reason because it is a lot of information. So that's why we continue to work with them too. That way they're getting it little by little. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a lot of schizophrenia, bipolar, a lot of bipolar, a lot of depression, anxiety. Mm-hmm. A lot of that affects especially, well, I have a couple, you know, males also that kind of suffer a lot of that too. Mm-hmm. Um, things like erectile dysfunction mm-hmm. just kind of makes them not want to be around anyone, you yeah. know, or it causes issues with their marriages. And yeah. so, and not only their health, but it's affecting everything, how they see themselves, especially my women are just like, oh my gosh, like, I don't like how I look. Um, I just don't even want to go anywhere. Mm. I have a lot who are like, I can't take care of my kids because Mm. they're running around everywhere and I can't keep up and I wish I could do more things with them. Mm -hmm. Had someone that was like, and they make me cry too. I'm like, oh my God, girl, I'm right there with you. Like, I'll just be crying. They're like, I can't even go to the amusement parks because I can't fit in any of the rides. And my kids are like, we want to do stuff, but we can't because you're big, basically. So I'm always like, I got you. I'm going to be your cheerleader. Like, so I really try to build that connection, like first visit with them so that they know they have support because this whole time they've been going with no support. And it irks me Mm -hmm. and nothing wrong with doctors. I love doctors, but there are some doctors that are like, hey, You just got to eat better and exercise just based off of their BMI. That's it. That's all. That's the problem. That's not always the case. Mm -hmm. I have some people, their BMI is like 35, but they are like, they eat cleaner than me. They're Mm -hmm. super fit, but they can't lose weight. So at what point do you say it's something else that we got to figure out? Yeah. Yeah. So I tell everybody like, you know what? You could be doing all these things, but... Sometimes it's not all about just that. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I actually got to go talk to our resident doctors and like give them like a presentation on 
how to start off with like nutrition education. That's amazing. So I was like, yeah, the nurse practitioner's like, can you talk to them? I'm like, okay. So Yay. I was a little nerve wracking because I'm like, they're a do- they're gonna be doctors, and she's like, but you're the expert, and yeah. I, I forget that sometimes, you know. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. that is so cool. Well, because so I said, yeah, I'm sure. It would make such a difference if even those encounters that they have with patients, yeah. you know? Yeah. That's so cool that you got to, like, yeah. talk to them about that. She was like, just kind of bring it up because a lot of them, and I have so many that come to me with misinformation. And, like, let's say they have, um, like, I had a patient who came in who's diabetic. She's like, my doctor told me I should fast and do intermittent fasting. And I'm like, okay. No, <laughs> uh, you're going to pass out and die on me. Don't do that. Mm. Um, yeah, so I, and it's like a joke at work. They're like, don't nobody <laughs> say that you don't eat breakfast. Don't nobody say you're fasting because Belinda will come and yell at you. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, no, like, yeah, don't yeah, do yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. So because of whatever the trends are, there are some doctors that will just kind of gravitate towards that. And I mm-hmm. get that, but... There's dietitians, so use your providers, use mm-hmm. your referrals, refer mm-hmm. out, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not at all doctors, but yeah. I have a lot of patients like, well, my doctor told me just to do this, but that's not working. Mm-hmm. So what do we do? I've tried this. I tried the cabbage soup diet. And I'm like, girl, I don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a whole, a whole lot of stuff. So, yeah. I, it wasn't, I had a lot of like, um stomach stuff going on like Mm. a few years ago really bad like I didn't want to eat any food because anything I would eat would upset my stomach and I'd Um. be in pain so uh it was a whole thing for like a year and I had talked to my doctor about it they did like a bunch of tests Mm -hmm. did a bunch of stuff and they didn't find anything Uh uh so then he handed me a pamphlet and he was like Uh try this it's a, it was a, like a nuts and seeds. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> the pant was, I was, <laughs> what am I, a bird? I was like looking through it and I was like, oh my okay. God. I went home and I was like, I'm not doing that. <clears throat> like it goes back a month later. I'm like, I'm going to be honest. I did not do anything you asked me to do. <laughs> He was like, oh, that's okay. And I'm like, so it's yeah. It was a whole thing. I'm pretty sure I ate too much um like veggie meat, like a lot of oh, veggie meat. That's the thing. All the time, that's every day. Thing. Because that was prov- provided to me at my campus for lunch. Yes. And dinner and breakfast. So I I think it was that in conjunction with stress and anxiety. Mm-hmm. That's what I've come to yeah. come to decide. That's the thing. But I was like it is. You really just handed me a pamphlet and just said, try changing your entire lifestyle. Right. And so I was like, all right, I can no longer take you seriously. (laughs) I just got to figure out what foods I can eat, what foods I can't. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. Hilarious. So I can't imagine, like, being in their position and really having gone through this for, like, their life, usually, it sounds like. Yeah, their lives, their entire lives. Um. Yeah, uh, the stories you hear, um, just, yeah, it's crazy. It's it's a lot. It's a lot of that. It's a lot of, oh, I did see a nutritionist, um, and they just gave me a diet plan, and they would tell me to follow it, but it got too expensive. I'm like, mm, was it like a 
program because there are some programs out there. Again, nothing wrong with this. There's some programs that will basically say, all right, sign up with us. Um, we'll tell you what to eat. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll tell you what to buy. Mm-hmm. You have to take these supplements, mm-hmm. and we're going to check in with you, like, every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, again, health coaches type okay. of situation. Uh-huh. Um, so for me, and nothing wrong with that, but what I try to tell them, because I do have so many that come, they're like, oh, you're going to give me a diet plan. You're going to tell me what to eat. Tell me. Mm-hmm. You just tell me what to do and I'll do it. I'm like, okay, I have meal plans. I absolutely can create one for you. Not a problem. But, and I tell them this every single time, this is for ideas only. Mm-hmm. This is not a diet. I don't put people on diets. Mm-hmm. I work with what you're doing and I teach you how to sustain it on your own. Because mm-hmm. if I try to tell you, here, here's a diet, here's a diet. You're going to get tired of that, and then you're going to be like, oh, mm-hmm. nobody wants to restrict themselves. Yeah. and It's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. <clears throat> and this is why we have a lot of these yo-yo diets. Mm. And that creates your fat stores to go up and down, up and down, up and down. Mm. So then what happens is once you re- reach a certain age, even if you hit menopause, things like that, you're going to have those fat stores, and then your body's just going to be out of whack, mm. okay, because the body's once you're a certain weight, a lot of times the body will try to fight to get back to there because it was comfortable. The body uh, does not like to lose weight. The body likes to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing all these weird changes, that's why a lot of people who go on these crash diets mm-hmm. lose a bunch of weight really fast, and then they gain it back double. Uh, so, yeah, it's... Does the same thing apply for, let's say you have an eating disorder, let's say mm-hmm. you're anorexic or bulimic. Let, yeah. Is it the same where the body in that case won't want to gain weight because it's comfortable small or it replies more to when? <clears throat> uh, yeah. So, I mean, at that point, you could absolutely gain weight very, very fast uh-huh. because that's not really a – that's kind of hard to sustain and uh, it's – dangerous too at that point right because then you're losing a lot of like electrolytes especially if you like it throwing up things like that um go to cardiac arrest um so at that point because usually you start off being a certain weight so a lot of the patients who tend to um try to stay down they're kind of battling that a lot your weight Mm -hmm. fluctuate a little bit Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's Mm -hmm. it's a struggle and i remember my patient too telling me like yeah, like you can't even have anything because mm. you're going to go up, right? Yeah. Even water, stuff yeah. like that, right? So and a lot of it's fluids too. I try to explain to my patients because they're like, oh, I'm just not going to have any carbs. I'm like, mm. Well, carbs? that's what you hear, you know? <laughs> I'm like, carbs are not the enemy. We need yeah. – our brain uses carbs for energy, but it depends on what you're doing, yeah. right? If you're eating a bunch of cookies and – pies all day mm-hmm. of course you're gonna gain weight and mm-hmm. especially if you're not active yeah um but a lot of people don't realize fruit is carbs mm-hmm. like your fruit are carbs your starchy vegetables like mm-hmm. potatoes corn mm-hmm. your whole grains um and a lot of times like people on these keto diets they're like yeah, i lost a bunch of weight mm-hmm. that's water weight so if you're coming off of any type of carb for one car one gram of carb attracts three grams of water okay so if you stop eating carbs, uh, you're going to lose water. But if you try to go back, because again, people get tired of restricting themselves. Um, you eat even a piece like an apple or something, you're, you're going to gain some water weight. Like mm-hmm. it's, yeah. So mm-hmm. 
I have a lot of patients like, oh my God, I gained a pound or I only lost a pound. I'm like, it's okay. Like, it's okay. Like, did you eat anything today? Did you like poop? Like, did you, did you not poop? Are you constipated? It's, your weight is fluctuating day to day. Yeah, right. So if you're on your period, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. have a patient that gains like seven pounds, seven to 10 pounds just right before her period. Like, it's, it's your period. Mm -hmm. It sucks to be a girl. It's it it you know and I was talking to one of my friends that came on and talked with us about it. We as women are constantly cycling through different like hormonal cycles. Oh yeah. Whereas and it's not just during our cycle. No. It's like your entire the existence. Entire, yeah, it's it's a so, uh, it's a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. Yeah. So how do I ask this question? So let's say. What I'm hearing is that, you know, certain things are just like band-aids for certain things. Mm-hmm. And so it sounds like this surgery, which that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. What is this surgery okay. that we're talking about? So there's three different types of um, procedures. Okay. I know a couple years ago, the lap band was like a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because that was fairly new. A lot of people were getting it. It wasn't as invasive because basically they just tighten a band around your stomach. But it's crazy because now, like within this year, we've had maybe two or three people come in with that and the doctor has to remove it because it's kind of almost started to erode into the stomachs. So they're no longer doing that procedure. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Um, there's one, the gastric bypass, which is basically the stomach. Um, you have your stomach and then they take 80% of it out. Okay. And then they remove the rest of it. It's actually really cool to see. I got to see surgery. Um, and so you're left with like a little banana. Okay. okay, that's the gastric sleeve. That's like the least, I guess, okay. invasive. Um, the next one would be the Ruin Y, which is a gastric bypass. Okay. So that one, they make like a little pouch, but they take, oh, I get this one confused. They remove something, mm-hmm. a piece of the stomach still in there chilling because the uh-huh. stomach will provide like the gastric juices, mm-hmm. but nothing is going in there. Oh, so they're rerouting like how okay. it goes. Okay. Yeah. So you're having like not as much absorption. Okay. Okay. Um, and then you have the duodenal switch, which is a little bit more complicated, so I can't explain it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that one, uh, our surgeon that we work with, he's awesome. He's been doing that one a lot more too. Okay. Um, so there's three different types. And it's just based off of your history. A lot of our patients that have lot of weight to lose like let's say they're in their 400s right mm-hmm. when we first see them uh usually they'll put them on some type of medication to kind of help them drop a little bit of weight right before surgery mm-hmm. to be okay. for it to be a little bit more healthier better okay. right mm-hmm. um so those procedures and again because i have patients that are like oh no i don't want the surgery like we recommend it they're like no 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 mm-hmm. um if you have a lot of our patients that have a severe acid reflux or have a hiatal hernia or have GERD or really bad sleep apnea. A lot of people don't realize if you're not sleeping right, like that can cause some weight gain too. So if you're not getting enough sleep, like you're going to be struggling. Um, usually he'll do the bypass. Um, the sleeve, most of our patients get the sleeve if they have like a minimal um, health issues. Okay. But it's a really good tool. I have patients like, no, that's crazy. I knew my tia's comadre's brother <laughs> had surgery and they got sick and they ended up in the hospital. I'm like, 
Okay, well, a lot of times everybody knows somebody who's had it. What were they doing? You know, did, were they taking care of themselves? Were they following up with their doctors? Were they doing this, this, and that? Well, I don't know. Okay, well, you're not that person. Um, if you have struggled with your weight all your life, if you have tried so many diets and changes and nothing's helping, this almost resets. I always tell them it's like a reset. Okay. You're getting like a brand new stomach okay. because our stomach has certain hormones, mm-hmm. right? You have the one that ghrelin. I call it a gremlin because it helps <laughs> me remember. It was like my test. <laughs> I had like mnemonics for everything. So ghrelin is, tells you like, hey, we're hungry. Let's eat, right? A lot of people have more of that to okay. where they can't they have like hyperphagia. Like they just can't stop eating, okay. right? And then you have your um, other one, which tells you to um, that like, hey, we're full. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just had a brain fart. It's ghrelin and, oh my God, or the other one. Just had a brain fart. We'll link it down below, guys, just in case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And I was literally talking about this today with my intern. <laughs> I was quizzing her and now I can't remember. Uh, that was me 10 minutes ago. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> I swear I know this. Um, But yeah, that one, a lot of people don't have that hormone. So they're like, oh, why can't I stop eating? Like, you know, I'm always hungry. I'm waking up in the middle of the night. I I feel like I'm out of control when I'm eating. Mm -hmm. They probably don't have enough of that hormone, you know. Mm -hmm. So if we're removing that part, a lot of that kind of helps give them that like, hey, we're full, we're good. Yeah. And it's crazy how once they kind of start to connect that with their brain, they're uh-huh. like, oh yeah, like this is crazy. Like mm-hmm. I used to be, I used to like always be hungry and now I'm not even hungry. So mm-hmm. it's an adjustment a yeah. lot. It's like a, let's say like a mind fuck, but it I'm is. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure because it's you're experiencing crazy. something that you haven't experienced before. Yeah. And it's just changing your day to day. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, so those are the surgeries. So okay. back to your question. Thank you. Thank yes, you. Yes, those are the surgeries. Um, they're awesome. Our patients have such a high success rate. I have a lot of patients that um, come to us after having surgery in other countries. Mm. Um, and it's crazy. And I always like to ask, like, oh, do you follow up with your provider? Do you have a dietitian that you work with? Oh, no, I saw them once, like, right before. Mm-hmm. Um and that was it. Ooh. Okay. And a lot of them come back because they have to get a revision. Okay. So we have a lot of patients that get the surgery. They don't do well. Things stretch out again. Oh, no. And they're back to square one. Okay. So I do have a lot of those patients. So I kind of have to re-educate them. I had a patient who came to us, um, had surgery in a different country, was in our hospital for a couple of days. Our, our surgeon actually had to work on him a little bit because... He was not doing good. And I came up to see, he's like, hey, can you just check in? Just give him a little bit of education. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right. So I'm like, hey, what's going on? Um, he's like, I've just been having stomach pains for years. I'm sick. I can't stop throwing up. I'm like, ooh, okay. So I'm like, all right. So the doctor went in and kind of helped you with something. So I'm just here to give you kind of like what the diet would be, you know, because you're not technically a weight loss You're a Mm -hmm. patient who's had weight loss surgery, but now we just got to have you on the diet that we usually have. And so I just started talking to him and I was like, did they ever give you education after you had the surgery? He's like, 
no, I didn't even know I couldn't have like carne asada, like fatty menudo. Like he's like, every time I would eat, I get sick. I'm like, were you eating it? Yeah. They never told you you're supposed to like, stay low fat, low sugar, low carb, you know, high protein. No, nobody told. Okay, dude, wow. I'm going to send you. <laughs> Let me send you basically what the bariatric diet guidelines are. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was like, you'll have my email, email me if you have questions, but please yeah. try to follow up with someone out there. Cause this is probably why you've been sick all these years. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Maybe. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> wow. So, That's um, wild. it's really important. Yes. It's a major surgery, but it's important to have that support so that you have continued, um, progress and success. Yeah. So you don't yeah. end up like the comadre's brother-in-law's <laughs> yeah you know like right, right. yeah that's wild mm-hmm. so let me ask you this uh to wrap up i mm-hmm. feel like there you hear a bunch of things about foods you hear a bunch of different diets yeah. you hear just a lot about food in general yeah and i had talked with one of my friends about um the sad diet like the standard yeah <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. my question for you <laughs> Because we do not eat well here. Well, it's not easy and convenient and educated on eating well. Exactly. And you have talked about the relationship between like mental health and your physical health. You've Mm -hmm. talked about what it looks like, you know, trying to adjust your lifestyle and take care of your body and what this journey looks like for for some people. So my question for you is what does our relationship with food look like for wellness? I know everyone has a different body, but as far as like how we relate to food, what does that look like for health to be healthy? Yeah. So I, my main focus with my patients because they're like, all right, should I be focusing on calories? Should I be focusing on carbs, fat? You know, one day it's cholesterol. The other days you can't have eggs, you know? A lot. So um, my thing is for them to have a better relationship with food, I try to have them slowly start incorporating small little changes. Kind of having that understanding that anything they put into their body has to benefit them. Mm -hmm. So is this, and I'm like, don't restrict yourself. If you want a donut, have a fucking donut. Like it's it's not the end of the world. Mm -hmm. You're not going to die. Like it's Mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. Martin hates when I die. So I'm like, (laughs) it's going to, I told him yesterday, it's going to be okay. I'm not your patient. Don't talk to me like that. (laughs) It's going to be okay. (laughs) Because they often feel like it's not. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's just, it's crazy. Okay. So, Sorry, I'm like I like I said I talk all day, so by the end of the you day your water. I start my to bad. lose my voice. No, you're good. You're In good. In my defense, I, I thought I had the bigger size water bottles. <laughs> I brought two of the tiny water bottles, <laughs> but one in hers and one of mine because I'm yeah. not gonna hold a cup without water. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. She's been talking all day at work. <laughs> I know that's why. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, so I'm like, all right, does is this food gonna benefit you? Like, does is this does have minerals, fiber, you know, all those things that I call them nutrient dense foods. That's what I tell my patients. So I'm like, let's try working on eating, you know, eating to live versus like living to eat mm-hmm. type of thing. Like mm-hmm. we 
want to be healthy, we need all the good things. Let's feed it. And a lot of them are scared to have, oh my God, I'm not going to eat past four. Mm. If you're hungry at eight, eat. Like, don't starve yourself. It's just eat. But again, what are we eating? What are we having a snack? Let's have a snack. Okay, let's make sure we have a good protein and a good carb. Let's combine them together, especially for my diabetic patients. Um, Yeah, let's go ahead and eat. So it's crazy. And I tell them, it's crazy. And yesterday, I told my, one of my patients and my intern was like, oh, my God. I was like, she was like, yeah, oh, my God. I started eating like you told me. And I'm losing weight again. I'm like, isn't it crazy how when, and I didn't, I didn't mean to sound sarcastic, but I guess it came out. I was like, isn't it crazy how when you eat, it helps you lose weight? I'm like, she, I'm like I was right, like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Because I'm like, it's like a car. Yeah. If you don't put gas yeah. in the car, it's not going to run. Yeah. Yeah. I have patients that eat once a day, literally once a day. And they're like, I don't know why I can't lose weight. I'm only eating once a day. Mm. And I'm always like, I know. My mom used to do the same thing. I'm going to go on a diet. I'm going to eat one time a day and I'm just going to have lettuce and I'm going to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you're in your like early 20s, teens, that might help a little bit. But yeah, as you get older, that's. That's just mm-hmm. not gonna fly. Mm-hmm. That's not how the body works. So right, right. <clears throat> I'm like, you gotta feed your body. Your body burns energy all day. If we're not feeding it energy, it's not gonna do anything. Mm-hmm. So why not eat? So yeah. it sounds like give your body what it needs. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're gonna feed it crap, you're gonna feel like crap. Yeah. Like yeah. you are what you eat, right? right. Like, Right. So I feel like we definitely I underestimated that for a long time. Like that was just it's such a Yeah, people say shit all the time and you're like, Yeah, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it's actually true. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Of course. I feel like we keep talking, so I'm gonna have to have you come I back know. again. I, of course. Anytime. But my actual <laughs> last question, because we talked a lot about how kind of your journey, your your own experiences and how you've helped others has really like come together at mm-hmm. multiple points. So what is it that fills your soul? Mm-hmm. Just seeing that someone makes progress. Okay. That's I actually help and it's not about me, but I I love to see that they're thriving, that it, I like, oh my God, I get so excited when my patient's like, oh my God, I don't have to use my insulins anymore. I'm, I'm no longer diabetic. Wow. I can tie my shoe without breathing heavily. I can feed yeah. my cat, one of my favorite patients. Yeah. I love him to death. He's like, I can bend down and, and feed my cat now Aww. and I'm not like struggling out of yeah. breath. I'm like, it's those tiny things we take for yeah. granted, but it's just so cool to see that progress overall. Like that's my favorite part. So that's what, that's, that's what feels me. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think, <clears throat> I'm not, I think, I know that you are a crucial role in these people's lives <laughs> because like you said, like those moments that we take for granted, mm-hmm you know so heart filling for Mm -hmm. these people and their journey and their life yes absolutely yes thank you so much thank you for having me uh let me do my whole spiel go ahead girl (laughs) thank you guys so much for listening to the soul human (laughs) podcast so episodes release on youtube spotify and uh, apple podcasts both visual and audio to whichever is available but as you go into your day as you go into your week 
Uh, please be empathetic with yourself. Uh, give yourself love. I think it's something so easily that we give to the people around mm -hmm. us that we love. And then uh, for some reason, we don't give that to ourselves. So be empathetic with yourself today. Be patient with yourself today. And uh, uh, we'll talk again soon.